0: If you're good at something, never do it for free. You're my older brother, and I love you.
1: But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. I bothered you. Welcome back. We are the Film Drifters. Our show provides film and TV reviews from two guys that make, watch, and love movies. I'm Myron, and joining me each week is, of course, Will. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Today we'll be reviewing the films One Night in Miami and Mangrove, which is part one of the Small act series on Amazon Prime. One
0: night only. Uh,
1: sorry, I, I, every time you say that, I just have that song <laughs> come in my head. One night only. Pop quiz: What movie is that from?
0: Oh no! Oh, come on! We're no. movies podcast, bro. I know we are,
1: but I'm I'm not as.
0: It's old issue. you. <laughs> <I'm Yeah.
1: kidding. laughs> ah, nice. You always have to go there. It's uh, it's from Dreamgirls. Oh,
0: you're right. I did yep, watch yep. that in college. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, how are you? I'm doing okay. Uh, it's a bit stressful. I know you know as well. Uh, we're both stressed. I'm just going to say it right now. Uh, and more so due to work and um, just... Just certain uh, events that's been going on. So, but hopefully by next week it should slow down. But it's good though. It's stress, but it's it's
1: good stress at least for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you? How are you doing? Um, gearing up for baby number two. We're about three weeks, Ooh, three and a half weeks away. I think.
0: <laughs> Man, that's a lot
1: of stress. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, you can't really prepare for it. You could try your best, but at some point it's just gonna come, and you just have to roll with the punches, I guess. So. But hey,
0: congrats. I am so thank excited you. for you, man. Thank you, uh, thank you. Another
1: boy, right? Yep, yep. I'm really happy that we're not watching any movies having to do with abortion or uh, no. uh, babies dying during childbirth. So uh, this is definitely going to be a much happier episode than the last few. Mm,
0: yeah. Mm. It's going to be... It's it's. I, I, I hope and pray for a successful, healthy baby. I know that uh, it's all going to turn out well. And uh, man... Two rambunctious boys,
1: man. It's gonna be know, a right? Handful, be huh? Yeah, yeah, I'm it too old is. For this, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I will take it, sir. I will take it. All right. Before we get to the reviews, first things first. Let's get started with the latest in uh, entertainment news. First things first is that uh, it looks like Paramount is also getting their own streaming service. So Gosh! All you know, right. So we got. Warner Brothers, they have HBO Max. Yeah. Um, of course, there's Netflix. Of course, there's Amazon. Amazon mm-hmm. Right. And a uh, uh, peacock. The NBC peacock. Ray. Yeah. And then there was, of course, the uh, the now defunct um, Quibi, which has uh, gone the way of the dodo. And now Paramount is coming out with their own. And there's lots of questions and maybe even rumors as to whether or not some of the Paramount films cited for 2021 would be coming to the streaming service if things keep up you know as, as they're happening as if things stay the same so far the answer is no so movies like top gun maverick will stay in theaters it will not be coming to our homes early um and then there, there was all these other stories that came out actually uh, about how netflix and apple tv plus was trying to buy top gun from paramount paramount said no so they're sticking it out we'll see what happens maybe if uh you know the pandemic stays the way it is for the ne- for another few months maybe they'll 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 bend but uh, as of now we're going to have to wait to watch Paramount's big movies in the theaters. So, look, I'm happens. not
0: surprised, man. I am not surprised with Paramount's move with this uh it's I honestly see it as the way of the film industry, the way of entertainment and way of media, man. I mean, I I've just kind of I don't know, Paramount Plus, really? Disney Plus. Yeah. Come on, come on. You could have oh, Yeah, Disney Plus, yeah. Uh, yes, you could have done something a little bit more clever than Paramount Plus. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's gonna happen to though where How I about Paramount
1: Max is that better?
0: <laughs> Paramount Go, yeah. <laughs> Paramount, Paramount <Flicks>. Now.
1: <laughs> All right, and now I want to also talk about No Time to Die, the upcoming James Bond flick. This is weird. Yeah, this, this really has weird. been this has been um, postponed and delayed for I think it's been about a year now. It's been so delayed that mm-hmm. they have to undergo reshoots. Why? Because some of the tech in the movie has now become outdated, which is—I I, I get it though. Yeah, so I get the whole it. so the whole idea is uh, Bond has become just this massive product placement juggernaut, where all of these brands are trying to get their their stuff into a James Bond flick. We have like Omega watches, whereas before he used to wear Rolexes. Mm-hmm. You know, when Bond drives the Beamers, or if if Bond has Bollinger a certain kind of champagne, phone. I exactly, think. Adidas yeah. footwear. So now they're concerned that the phone that he's using is out of date and everyone has it now. And if everyone has it, then it's it's that whole idea. If if it's already in your hands, then you're not going to want it. So they have to do reshoots. I wonder how much these reshoots are going to cost. If it's going to come out of the pockets of the phone uh, manufacturers, which is in this case Nokia but they are actually reshooting sections of the movie in order for Bond to be holding the newer phone. I believe I read ridiculous. I read though that they're
0: going to try their best to hide it in the editing. Let's be
1: realistic though. If James Bond were real, what kind of phone would he be using? If James Bond were real, I don't I think
0: he he'd would use be an using an Apple, right? An iPhone. No, I think he'd use whatever latest gadget that that carries a a poisonous dart or or something within the phone. I think the tech that, like, as James Bond uses, it's always going to be a weapon. Anything he uses has to be used as a weapon. So whatever it is, yeah. his team will not have a... Honestly, I don't think James Bond would even have a brand named anything, really. It's it's all created by the government really, or, or his team.
1: Do you know what I thought was really refreshing and call me crazy? But uh, in every single movie, um, all of the big super spies, whether it was, like, Ethan Hunt or... Uh, Jason, Jason Bourne. Bourne, yeah, or uh, you know, James Bond. They would all use kind of like no name tech, right? Yep. Yep. But what I found really refreshing was in Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol all of the spies were using iPhones and they're using iPads to like go over mission briefs and it was something that it was very just it was nice to see something tangible and something real world and to think of oh yeah spies would of course use that and you know like Ethan Hunt would be using like flash drives and things like that as well i like that personally so i, I mean i'm personally a believer that if james bond were real he'd be using an iPhone
0: i i um, honestly I I, to me the way i see right james bond no but i i agree i i, don't, I definitely hear that i think when it came to James Bond, though, at least f- the Daniel Craig era of James Bonds, uh, maybe Pierce Brosnan though, too. Yeah. I remember it. It really felt like a, <laughs> a a small spec commercial at times with certain scenes in those moments of the films mm-hmm. where it's it, it was it really had no relevance to the story. It was just the fact that James Bond is a posh. Uh, a very gentleman uh, like assassin, basically, spy assassin, that they have all these, you know, beautiful products, these high end products that they thought, well, yeah, let's just heighten the luxury of who James Bond is. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like you're seeing two different types. Jason Bourne, you look at Jason Bourne, dude, he's just all around, just yeah, a full fledged army yeah. uh, or military mindset assassin you know wearing a bomber jacket, jeans and that's it and taking any car he needs to get to from point A to point B doesn't matter if it's a Toyota or it doesn't matter if it's a Lexus it's yeah. that car's going to get demolished in the end <laughs> yeah so
1: yeah that's the way i see james bond it's more just because it's very polished very posh I want to talk about the HBO Max trailer, which just dropped maybe like two or three days ago. Ooh, yes. I'm really excited for, call me crazy, uh, I'm really excited for the Suicide Squad sequel, which is a, a soft reboot, I guess you could say. Is where, it? Uh, yeah. Huh. Where some of the characters are, are the same, some aren't. So Margot Robbie's back, of course. Uh, Joe Kinneman is back. But then Idris Elba is taking uh, Will Smith's place. Mm-hmm. We have a whole bunch of new characters. It's directed by James Gunn, who, of course, directed Guardians of the Galaxy. And already in the, in the little seg- segments that I watched in the trailer with John Cena opposite Idris Elba, there's a certain level of campiness and uh, humor to this version that I think wasn't really there in the original. The original, they just took it way too seriously. I mean, they churned the Joker into like a drug kingpin. I have no idea what the hell is going on there, but it looks like they're kind of going back to their comic book roots. And so I'm really excited to see that. And of course other movies as well, like the conjuring part three, really excited for it. Yeah. We'll definitely be reviewing that one. We have to watch Com- that together. Yeah. Zoom yeah. share or, or Com- was it? Oh, yeah. is uh, it? <laughs> Zoom I share? don't know. It's
0: party share. Yeah. You know, Amazon it. watch party or something like watch that. I don't party. know
1: if HBO has one, but yeah, yeah. That, that would it's be okay. fun. Yeah. We'll FaceTime each other like we and always it, do. And, of course, <laughs> The Matrix in December, which yes, should be awesome. Of yeah. course. So really looking forward to that. After all the controversy, I think once people watch this trailer, they are going to get really, really excited for it. So Now,
0: for The Suicide Squad, though, the campiness and the humor in it, uh, as you believe that it should have been what the first one should have been, uh, does it? so you, you're saying that they embrace it very
1: well. It, it doesn't come off so much as a uh, little cheese. Yeah, I mean, I think a little cheese is okay. Because if you think about it, Guardians of the Galaxy, one of the things that was so great about it is it embraced the humor, and it never took itself too seriously. Mm. And I'm happy to see that, at least from the trailer, it looks like James Gunn is doing that with the Suicide Squad, which makes me really excited for it. Love that. Cool. All right, a look at future episodes. Next week, we'll be reviewing two films, which are Minari, and also the little things. The little things is the first big HBO movie to be premiering on HBO Max from Warner Brothers. It's coming out tomorrow. Eager to check that out. Starring Denzel Washington, Rami Malek, as well as Jared Leto. The week after, I like to call it my Bogo on Carrie Mulligan. Buy one, get one on Carrie Mulligan. <laughs> Promising Young Woman is something we have to buy, right? It's 19.99 on iTunes. And the dig with Carey Mulligan and Ray Fiennes is free on. Netflix. Therefore, it's buy one, get one. Bogo. No? Too much of a stretch? Mm, A little bit to me, I guess. Passable? Okay. Well, anyway. (laughs) And the week after that, we'll be reviewing the film News of the World starring Tom Hanks and directed by Paul Greengrass. And we'll also be going through our top five Paul Greengrass films of all time. Oh, Paul Greengrass. Oh, yeah. I love that guy. His films are amazing. Any thoughts, comments, suggestions, or reviews of content, drop us a line at contact us at thefilmdrifters.com. And please tell your friends about us. Our podcast can be found on the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, as well as Spotify. And now, on to our review of One Night in Miami. Here is a look at the trailer. We uh. ah. brothers, you could move mountains without ah. lifting a
0: finger. Minister Malcolm X. Good news, the chariot is coming.
1: Who's the greatest? That's right. Jim Brown takes the ball.
0: Your record is going to stand the test of time.
1: All together, yeah.
0: The entire city of Miami is celebrating. I'm the new heavyweight champion of the world, and I don't even have a scratch on my face.
1: Oh, my goodness. Cash. cash? Why am I so pretty?
0: Congratulations, champ.
1: I can get used to that.
0: Uh, I was made in America, land of the free, home of the brave.
1: This movement
0: that we are in is called a struggle. Because we are fighting for our
1: lives. To this ain't about civil rights. To they ain't giving black people what they really want. What's that? Hey,
0: I was made in America. That's why I'm out here oh! in America.
1: Power. Black power. I like the sound of that.
0: I wish I lived in America.
1: We have to be there for each other. Uh,
0: everybody rich. All I got do is run, I uh, made it to America. am uh, amazed that America. Welcome to America.
1: That was the trailer for One Night in Miami. It is a fictional account based on a play of One Incredible Night where icons Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, Sam Cook, and Jim Brown gathered discussing their roles in the civil rights movement and cultural upheaval of the 1960s. Now, I wanna talk about a few facts, first off. Yes, yeah. There are some things that are true and are indisputable about this movie, and there are other things that uh, are imagined, and that's okay. So we know for a fact that all four of these gentlemen spent some time together the night that Muhammad Ali beat Sonny Liston. Um, Beyond that, there is not much known about what they talked about, what had happened, The other thing I found quite intriguing at the same time really sad is that of these four men, two of them died within a year after their Mm. one night in Miami. Malcolm X was unfortunately gunned down and Sam Cooke was also shot uh, tragically uh, at a hotel. Mm. And uh, no one knows exactly what has happened there, but it's a little bit weird. So we see these three characters kind of all at different stages of their lives. You know, Muhammad Ali has the entire world in front of him. Uh, Malcolm X is kind of seeing things come to an end. Sam Cooke is at a crossroads, and so is Jim Brown. And then we get to see all of these three black men kind of uh, come into contact with one another, argue with one another, and really just compare their beliefs, which I found really, really fascinating. So Mm -hmm. first things first, Will, I wanted to ask you, what did you like about this movie?
0: You know, it's really, really cool to do some digging in this film and how all four of them were real-life friends. Uh, And this film was wonderful. I, I I watched it and it didn't feel like a film at all but thea- but a theatrical play and lo and behold, yes, it was find out play. that it yeah. was a play. And so technically, it wasn't as bright or harsh uh, cinematography as it was in the film Ma Rainey's Black Bottom but the main stage being in that hotel hotel room where everything unfolded, you know, so it was very much centered on a, uh, one location even though for... Uh, for One Night in Miami, there were various and more locations th- than in Mall But you really see the centerpiece of the entire film in that hotel room. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main ensemble cast, great. And, and, and they really worked off each other's energy really well. I enjoyed Kingsley Ben-Adir's performance.
1: Yeah, yeah, as Malcolm X.
0: As Malcolm X. His humility yet passionate drive to seek out to bring justice for the black community comes through so fiercely.
1: So uh, regarding that, it was really weird. I, I thought that in this movie, we saw Malcolm X in a way that we've never seen him before. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in the Spike Lee film, you know, Denzel Washington played him as like a, just an always fiery leader that was always sure of himself. Um, we've seen him portrayed in other films, but in this one in particular, it seems that there are moments where he would question himself that he... Didn't know what he was going to do. And, uh, you know, it said very early on when he's talking to his wife that he's about to leave the nation of Islam because of some of the corruption that he's seen. And uh, he doesn't know what's going to happen or how it's going to work. But he just knows that this is the right thing to do for him. So to see that level of, of indecision, of yeah, humility, of not knowing what to do, of questioning himself and questioning some of his decisions, I think it was very refreshing to see the side of a uh, oftentimes controversial political leader. Yes. And uh, I'd like to think that there was some of that in him in real life. You know, we as men, we all question ourselves. We always second-guess things. Even the most powerful of men, I'm sure, you know, look at themselves in the mirror and kind of ask themselves, did I do the right thing? And it was really nice to see that here.
0: Kingsley Benadier's performance gave me the sense of, a sense of insecurity for a moment, like he—he's saying he's acting tough and all that stuff, but really deep down inside, he's like, I don't know if this is gonna work. Yeah, but exactly. I can't, I can't, I can't go back, I can't turn back now, kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. a brilliant performance, yeah. so good. And going and,
1: back to going back to what you were saying about how most of this takes place in a hotel room, mm-hmm. uh, th- I saw a lot of similarities with this in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Of course, uh, both movies had uh, predominantly uh, black casts. Yeah. And uh, both movies predominantly take place in like one to two locations. I really preferred this movie over the other one. Uh, I It's just a matter of preference. And uh, in a movie like this, just seeing where these four characters, how they occupied the space of a room, I just couldn't help but think, man, blocking this must have been a pain in the ass. Yes. Just in terms of like, I mean, you think it would be easy that everyone's in one room and everyone's just talking? No because you have to kind of frame everyone up in the right way. You have to make sure the islands are correct. You have to make sure, let's say if uh, Malcolm X is talking and you're about to cut to Jim Brown, then you kind of want that cut to feel like organic to the scene. So you might yep. want to have kind of Jim Brown in the background while Malcolm mm-hmm. X is talking and to kind of like block this all out in, uh, in one small confined space. And also hide all the lights and hide all that stuff, right, that, that, you know, all the production equipment that we need to make the image look good. Really, now, really hard. So. Granted,
0: I will say the performance was never in this film the, the, the weak link. Yeah. Uh it, it was They were such all a, really good. The the only thing that, as you were saying about the blocking that I kind of was getting uh, a little a little annoyed about uh, it was just a little bit jarring to me was the editing mm. how they would cut and when they would cut there were very abrupt cut moments where they would try to sneak in a reaction of what you know one of the characters said to another character but then it would cut back to it, it, th- at that point i thought you know I, I get what you're trying to do i get you're trying to create the tension but honestly like th- th- it was a little bit too many cuts like stick yeah. with that person really focus in on uh, say what like what when when Malcolm was was arguing with Sam, like really focus on the intensity of of Malcolm's uh passion with with what he's trying to achieve and what he's trying to um uh, preach to his to his brothers, to his friends and, and then like give some breathing room to to cut to Sam and kind of see his reaction before he actually says something, I guess too you know okay. it, it, and then because but because they would kind of go in between. Uh, Malcolm, Sam, uh, Cassius Clay, and Jim. It's like, look, let's let's focus on what's going on right now. So it was a lot of abrupt editing for me. But in terms of just what what made me still enjoy it was just the performances that was that was really the driving force of this
1: film. Interesting. Uh, I didn't I didn't notice it. I, I thought the editing was fairly. I know what you're talking about. The the quick react the quick reaction just, shots. So, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It was like I I, I those there's moments. If you watch it again, where. Like, it's, it, it's okay, but then they do it a little, like, at, at certain times, they do it too many times. And it's like, okay, I'm listening to Malcolm, but you're cutting to all these other people's reactions. Like, let, like, let me focus on Malcolm, what he's trying to say. It's like, as if he's looking at me talking kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So, that, that was just one little... Um, frustration i had but mm. other than that like this film really had so many interesting tensions of different perspectives as how each character had different viewpoints of how they seem to make a difference in their race you know what I mean? yeah completely like, w- their own ambitions you have sam cook as a singer songwriter i thought this was one of one of the more um powerful scenes for me uh, and
1: ben and malcolm right how their ideologies are kind of clashing with each other oh my gosh yeah, it was a scene. huge clash. Yeah. like
0: you got Sam Cooke as a singer-songwriter thinking he has beaten the white man because of the contract deals that like he's created so much wealth for him, you know, writing a song. Uh, however, being challenged by Malcolm about his songs have no meaning. No, no political
1: not, meaning, yeah. Yes. No.
0: And not writing. Well, that's kind of like the hidden kind of message for, for uh, Malcolm to tell Sam. Because I think he's trying to convince Sam, saying, look, why don't you write something that you want to write, you know? Because what he was doing, he was writing songs that fulfilled what the white people wanted kind of thing. Yeah. But for Sam, he was trying to twist the argument saying, you know, you know how many, you know how much money I get for every time they play that record or you know? But for alchemy, it's like, that's not the point. That's not the point. Do you have... And that's where obviously the famous song, um, Change
1: is change gonna, change gonna, come. gonna
0: Come, Yeah. right? That song that he held uh, near and dear to him because... You can obviously see the uh, concern or the fear of, of releasing and, and recording that song, right? Like it was, he was content. You realize, wow, Sam, like Malcolm's right. You are content. And it wasn't until he played Bob Dylan's Blowing in the Wind where he where, where Sam opened his, like he basically had his eyes open and be we like, man, you know, when I first heard that song, I was so mad. I was so mad because that song actually had meaning and it was amazing kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And and, and so I thought that was such a great scene. Yeah. Um, And then you have a young Cassius Clay who just became heavyweight, right? Uh, By knocking out... um, But just
1: became a champion.
0: But he's the protege of Malcolm, right? And and it's kind of funny because you see Malcolm using him as a protege, uh, influencing him to turn a Muslim and to move on to his view of a more pressing call, which you said earlier about with Sam Cooke of politics. Right when it comes to political stuff, um, I Jim Brown, I'm not so sure about his ambition other than ceasing to be a puppet of the NFL and living out his true passion, which is becoming a famous actor. That's all I really got from Jim. Yeah, <laughs> like Jim, you're a famous running back, cool man. You know, you made a I will say it did frustrate me when he did go visit the um, I guess an old yeah. coach, I Bo guess, Bri- it was?
1: Bridges who played Mr. Carlton. Yeah,
0: Mr. Carlton. Okay, yeah, and. I thought, oh, man, here's a character. I I didn't know any of this, but at first I was like, here's a character, Bo Bridges, um, that seems to really accept black people and love black people. Until (laughs) the scene where he he has to go move uh, some furniture and Jim Brown says, oh, do you need some help? And then... Ober just says, oh, you know, I don't let the N-word, you know, in my house. And I was like, wow, that really just did a 180 so fast for me. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, no respect. No respect at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so So. uh, going back back to this film, um, yeah, there really wasn't anything I didn't like about it. Um, Mm. All the performances were spot on. The tensions and conflict was real. And, you know, like you talked about, I think most of that stemmed from that... uh, the butting of heads between uh, malcolm and, and sam cook and i think all of the other um, conflicts kind of arose from that main one because it was just a matter of principle right yeah um, how do you make the biggest difference do you make the difference by being successful in the white man's world and being free from uh, a dependence on them or are you free by um, empowering your people and then it was funny is after they had that big blow up and uh, sam cook left uh jim brown was in a room with Malcolm X, and they were kind of talking about how it's the same among black people, how you even have the darker, dark-skinned blacks huddling together, the lighter-skinned yes. blacks huddling together, and there's yep. even like... Uh, tension between them and how you know this tension isn't just about the white versus the black it's about so much more than that and uh yeah i i like that this movie wasn't afraid to go there and ask those kinds of questions which i really did appreciate um like i said the blocking was really really great performances were great and what that really all boils down to is that this movie was really directed by a sure hand and considering that this was uh regina king's very first film incredible out of the park yeah yeah um, I can't wait to see what she does next. You could really tell that the director was an actor because she, I think, brought the best out of all of these actors, most of whom we've never seen before. I mean, we've seen all this Hodge before. He was in Straight Outta Compton, he was in The Invisible Man. But uh, these other actors, the other three of the four, were, were fairly new. I mean, Leslie Odom was on Broadway in, in Hamilton, haven't really seen him in a lot of films. And uh, yeah, he was absolutely great in this. Huh. All right, then let's go right to it then. Uh, what is your final review of the film out of five stars? Give this film a four, solid four. Nice. Amazing
0: performances, uh, really well blocking for sure in the hotel room, like you're saying. Um, just Regina, like force of nature. She really, really did so well on this film. Um, yeah. and, and actually it was beautifully shot too, even though it was an interesting hybrid of like, theatrical performance but very cinematic way of lighting it and 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 shooting it so Mm -hmm.
1: yeah fully agree i give it four stars as well really is nothing wrong with the film Mm -hmm. i like this quite a bit more than ma rainey's black bottom every performance was just spot on the directing was spot on as was the blocking and uh the tension was real um, and this movie was very at the end of the day very moving in an un- unconventional surprising way, so really did appreciate it if we had if we were able to see this before we put out our top ten lists, this definitely would have been there it might have might have even been on my top ten or top mm. five might have been on my top five so nice do you think it would have made your list
0: <sighs> You know, I will say I think this might beat mal Rainey's. Mm-hmm. it would have been then okay yeah two different i mean like i said two different films i think the only reason why is only because the the conversation that they had was just so much more i don't know it it was it it just really it stuck with me a lot more Mm -hmm. you know of what they were talking about
1: all right so will and i both give this film four stars and guess what it is free on amazon prime please check it out if you haven't checked it out yet, make sure you do. It is a highly recommended film from the both of us. That was our review of One Night in Miami. We will be uh, taking a short break, and we will come back with our review of the film Mangrove. Stay tuned. You knew you? Then you had that one little feeling. But you waved it away. You should have listened to that one little feeling. Just like I'm listening to you now. You can talk to me. I'm all a friend, you got. You're not exactly a department favorite. Things probably changed a lot since you left. You still gotta catch him, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that much has changed then, right? Huh? <laughs> I can assure you all, we are taking a 24 7, all hands on deck approach to these cases guy's a shark. If he stops, he dies. He likes to drive. Probably has a decent car, maybe two, high mileage. You must really like my car. I do. How's the truck space?
0: On Sunday, the 9th of August, in North Kensington, a demonstration took place against the police, which degenerated into totally inexcusable violence. There may be some who believe that they have been the victim of injustice at the hands of the police. Others, who like parasites, feed
1: on these beliefs and seek to turn them to their own advantage, deliberately creating hate and violence. These defendants are all guilty of a serious criminal offense. Answer! 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 This attack on a black establishment there's Events, but a against black people and today we
0: are enough enough.
1: We are back. that was a look at the trailers for the little things as well as for Mangrove which we are reviewing now. Mangrove is actually part one out of a series of five films. The five films make up what's called the Small Axe series. They are directed by Academy Award winner Steve McQueen, and they are airing on Amazon Prime. So uh, Mangrove, the first episode, was actually the longest of the five. Now, there was a little bit of controversy surrounding this as well. People have been asking the question, um, is Small Axe, is it a feature film? Is it a miniseries? Should each of these films separately on their own be up for a contention at the Academy Awards? There are no real set answers for this. We do know that the ALA Film Critics Circle voted the Small Axe Series as their number one film of the year, which is a little bit odd because if you look, it looks as though Amazon Prime themselves is calling the Small Axe Series a TV miniseries. But it's, yeah, it's yeah, who knows? And who cares? But it's just good content. It's good quality content from an amazingly talented director. So that's what we are reviewing next. The Small Axe series is based on the real life experiences of London's West Indian community and is set between 1969 and 1982. This particular, uh, should we call it an episode or a movie? But it deals with a restaurant called the Mangrove Restaurant in Notting Hill. And uh, this restaurant is raided multiple times by corrupt police officers, which leads to a protest outside uh, or, or within the city. And then that protest gets violent and now the protesters, that, which are just trying to protect the restaurant, are put on trial. So that's kind of what this movie is about. Uh, they call the protesters the Mangrove Nine, which sounds, like, sounds awfully the similar. The Trial of Chicago, the Chicago 7. Chicago 7. There you go. <laughs> exactly. A lot of similarities between these two films. Yep. But let's get right into it. First off, well, I wanted to ask you what you liked about this.
0: I thought this film was good. I love a good true story. But man, was it difficult uh, to understand what most of the characters were saying because of the West Indian accent. Yeah. Uh. Thankfully for the subtitles, it, it helped. Yeah. Um. Performance, uh, like strong as well. I thought the cast they all, I, I believe, did it justice for what uh, went down during that time. Uh, the only thing honestly about the film that I that I had a hard time with was how how easy it was to pick out. The, the, the police just how how bad they were you know the bad guys the antagonists and whatnot it was just so on the nose for me
1: oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's like the racist cops it's like cops. you yeah it's, it's like, like if you look up racist so, cop in the dictionary you you'd would see look pictures at, of those guys
0: you would see PC Pulley you would see PC like yeah. PC is Police Constable for short yeah. in, in, in England but yeah. it was just I it, like borderline for me a bit comic booky, I guess because yeah. it was just so on the nose yeah and it took me out of it a little bit just because i i know this is a true story but i don't know if this was a bit over exaggerated the way how they really had these cops made them look that like really bad and just trying to get getting away with like the corruption that they were you know that was happening yeah um it, it just kind of got me out of that for a moment um, yeah there
1: was there was one scene where the police officers were like playing a game in the precinct and then uh, there's someone lost the game, and basically the loser has to then go out and then beat up the first black kid that they see. I think, oh my like gosh! Saw, you know? Okay,
0: yeah, that's that, that was hard seemed, hard to watch. Yeah, it was hard to watch, but I was like, "Are you kidding me, dude?
1: I this this really freaking? I, I happened. bet like, that really happened. I, I'm I bet it did. And
0: then remember when they go pick up the son uh, that yeah. got beat up? Yeah, like, and he's just you see pulley, you see up. PC pulley, like when when they're at the front desk demanding for uh, the mother, demanding her son back, you see Officer Pulley on the side, <laughs> drinking tea, but, <laughs> but like looking and smirking. I'm like, really? Like, they, they he, he looks, they're making him so evil looking. And I yeah. get it. I get it. We get it. Like those people, those police officers back in the day, corrupted, terrible. But man, did they really have it out for them to make them look really bad?
1: Yeah. So, yeah. I I totally understand. It didn't take me out of the movie, but I, I was just almost laughing. Like, okay, that guy is big, never yeah. gonna get a job playing a good guy in a role ever again because yes. like he just looks like a racist cop. Like if you look <laughs> him up, like if I was making a movie of racist cops, I was like, get me five PC pulleys. <laughs> them now <laughs> you don't even have to have them audition you know <laughs> but
0: um oh man please go on because that's yeah. uh, <laughs> that's so good
1: yeah i mean uh that was maybe yeah the only thing i didn't really like about the film some mm-hmm. might have considered it a slow burn a little bit slower paced but i didn't think so i was riveted uh but i do have to say i do agree with you thank god for the captions because i would have had a very difficult time understanding what they were saying otherwise. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that the director made some really uh, confident, strong choices in this film. Mm -hmm. There's almost no music or score at all. Wow, Uh, that's what I, yeah. Yeah, there was a couple of moments where it was more like a a sound effect to enhance the tension, and that was used a couple of times in the movie. But yeah, it felt as though he was saying, okay, I'm not going to use music or score to toy with your emotions and make you feel something. Uh, I'm 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 giving you the facts. Yeah, 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 I'm giving you the facts so you can feel what you want to feel. And in that way, some of the scenes actually hit harder and stronger because yeah. it felt more real because I felt like we were just being presented with something in a very documentary fashion, which I thought was really, really great. I, I kind of wish, though, that they,
0: uh, I don't know, um, blocked the the raid scenes a little bit better I, or, or spaced them out a little bit because it was like raid after raid, back at the restaurant, raid, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. And, and I was like, this is moving really fast, yeah. like really getting to the point yeah. of like, wow, these police have no freaking shit, like, no care. Like, they don't care. They don't give a rat's ass about these people. Like, it was that... It was that harsh. So I kind of wish they kind of spread that out just a little bit to kind of let it build. But But it it was already a
1: two-hour movie, though. it, it
0: It was. Well, I mean, at least space them out in sense of like kind of rearranging them somehow i know yeah. it's a two-hour film but to kind of let it build up in that way because yeah. I, I don't know like i said like I, again it goes back to the whole yes we get it like these police pe- these policemen are terrible what the frick you know yeah. and you hear you know our lead actor um uh gary beetle i believe who plays dole isaacs he's the one that runs uh i believe yeah he's the one that runs a
1: mangrove oh that's uh, sean parks he plays that uh, oh no you're Hitchley. right Sha-
0: yes you're right you're right sean parks but it was the constant – and I don't know if there is a message behind that, which I can get by, of, you know, you guys are devils. You're white devils. And, like, constantly these these, these constant words, repetitive words of, of the corruption and how bad they are and what have they done wrong. Like, you know, it, for a moment I thought, man, uh, where is the justice, really, yeah. you know? Yeah. Where is the justice? Yeah. So, um,
1: I really love the cast here. Uh, a lot of them are unknowns. A few are we've seen before. I mean, Letitia Wright played Suri in uh, Black yeah. Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jack Loudon uh, was in, in quite a few movies. And most recently, he was in Capone. He was also in uh, Dunkirk as uh, one of the pilots. As one of the pilots. But my favorite performance was by Malachi Kirby. Yes, he played Darkest Howl. Yes. Um, so there was a, a handful of the of the uh, Mangrove Nine that actually chose to. Defend themselves and not hire attorneys. Yep. So he puts the uh, uh, the uh, police officer PC. What was his Pulley. name again? PC, PC Pulley. Pulley on the stand yep. and just tears him to shreds. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. And I love how at the end of the film, um, it really when they announce the verdict, they make it they make sure that we understand that it's not about the verdict; it's about the toll. That this whole process and the raids and the court case and how long this is dragged on, this is, it's all about how this is affecting the people. Because as the verdicts, uh, as the verdict is being announced, you know the Mangrove Nine, they're basically all put on trial for two counts, right? And as they're being told uh, whether they're guilty or innocent. Uh, most and you know, they're, they're all found innocent. Um, but the camera just stays as a close-up on Frank Critchley's face, and we just see tears of relief, joy. Mm-hmm. I think it mm-hmm. is. And then Barbara, uh, who is uh, Darkus's w- uh, wife, uh, just mm-hmm. reaches Barbara over Bees. and hugs him. Yes.
0: Yeah, San- by played by Roshenda Sandal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So. Uh, Really powerful film that never loses sight of the fact that this isn't a courtroom drama. This isn't about just a, a civil rights movie. This is about the toll that racism takes on people, uh, on its victims. And it never really strays far from that. So a uh, really powerful film. I do agree with you. The pacing could have been off a little bit. Basically, if we had to, like, structure the movie, it's like first half is we establish the restaurant. They get raided. Um, the midpoint is the protest, and the second half, the second hour, is the court case, right? All the court case, yeah. Yeah, but then when the court case starts, we're immediately told that uh, this is like a year and a half after the protest, because uh, you know the 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 Mangrove Nine, they were uh, you know put out, they were accused of certain crimes, but the case was thrown out, and then all of a sudden they they came up with some trumped up newer charges to put them on, uh, to put them on trial. So there was like a year that passes in the span of like a minute and then everything slows down for the drama for the courtroom drama that was my one and only nitpick with the film mm-hmm. actually i thought
0: okay so i thought the the year-long process of their of their uh trials uh, i thought like that was actually okay for me mm-hmm. i didn't think it actually went by a minute i actually did feel the drudgery of them having to go mm. through the the entire case of that and, and really feeling like for me I thought, okay, this is man, I and we I, I, I've been for a short very, very short amount of time, but like on a jury case, but like seeing how the pro even just the process of picking lawyers picking a jury, yeah, that feeling of like, man, I don't wanna be here. This is taking way too long. Holy crap. Like just 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 let me go. I felt that with this film, realizing how even a court case like this for going on for a year and just how, and you can really see it in their performances too. You know what I mean? Yeah, completely. And so it that yeah. Um, another quick question: the judge. How did you feel about the judge? Do you think the, he was in on it, or did you feel like he was being fair, or do you feel like he, I don't know, like
1: it's up for, for him. Interpretation. I, kinda, I think he was just a no bullshit judge. And, uh, I think he had a leaning, of course, if he had to, you know, if he, if he favored somebody, he wasn't fully impartial. He definitely favored, you know, the whites over the blacks, Okay. but he favored having control of the courtroom more than he favored, you know, either ethnicity. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I feel like maintaining that control is kind of his way of feeding his own ego. Right. So I think he's more about himself and, uh, feeding uh you know some sort of need for control in the courtroom. He was more about that than anything else. So was he unfair a little bit? Was he fair? I, I he was more un, he was more fair than unfair, I would have to say. Yeah. But uh Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He was just kind of uh yeah he he definitely rubbed me the wrong way for sure though. Uh just by, by just the way how he was rejecting so many of uh of the defendants and, and their lawyers. Uh, requests and so yeah that's why i felt like that it would, it, because of that i thought they were really showing favoritism uh the judge was showing favoritism for for the for the white yeah and also for the, the crown force. as they called it yeah. for the
1: crown uh now time for our final reviews will what do you give this movie
0: so i i give it just a little bit less than obviously one night in miami you know i give it a three and a half stars okay. Only for the reasons being one the way how it was structured as we talked about if they could have paced out certain the scenes and not kind of dumped it all on us so quickly to um j- just to kind of like uh, we get it kind of uh, uh with with the police and with the raids and all that stuff it just kind of took me out um i thought that it was a little too on the nose and uh i think that I honestly do believe that it could have been shorter though too. Two hours, mm. it was a long film. It, it definitely was, was yeah. so, but overall, uh, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not hating on, I'm not trying to dump, uh, like, like take out points for the reason of the the dialogue, like. But I'm telling you honestly, if without the subtitles, it's 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 a bit difficult to really be able to hear what. The uh, characters are saying at times, but that, and I that shouldn't it,
1: be a knock on the movie, though. Because it's not. I'm it's not saying. I'm not knocking the points. The experience. Right? I know,
0: but yeah. you definitely need subtitles, like for sure. Yeah. So, okay.
1: Yeah. Got it. <laughs> um, I give it four stars. Uh, oh, really, okay. really well structured, well acted, well directed piece of uh, storytelling based on a true story, and uh, it finds its power in the quieter, more subdued moments that uh, kind of hits you suddenly um, in a way that you don't expect because it's a very introspective uh, movie um, that takes place in kind of the quieter side of things, kind of like what happens when things aren't being said or Mm -hmm. between big you know, set piece scenes or when, when, you know, they're between like uh, restaurant raids and between courtroom scenes, there's a lot of very quiet scenes of of characters just kind of thinking. And I feel like that's when this movie is at its most powerful. Really, really enjoyed it. Steve McQueen, great, great, great filmmaker. I love everything that he does. Um, Can't really find a flaw in this. If there was any, maybe like you said, a little too long. And maybe the police officers were a little on the nose, but uh, ultimately it gets its point across very effectively. So I give it four stars. All right, that was our review of the film *Mangrove*. That is it for our episode today. A little bit shorter than our last few. Our, our last few have been our last few episodes were were running quite long. Yeah, but, but we had uh, guests though too. Yeah, we had guests, and it was yeah. fun. So uh, you know, I, I'm sure everyone enjoyed it actually. So yeah, I think this uh, is average for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So until next week, we just want to remind you that it's not so much the destination, but the things you watch and experience along the way. We will be back next week with a review of Minari. Until then, stay safe, people. Stay
0: safe. Share the love. Love you guys. Take care.